Number twenty four. We've reached, we passed the Jordan stage, and now we've reached uh, yeah. Kobe Bryant level. Yeah, yeah. Episode twenty four. Henry Woods. What's really going on, bro? What's, what's going what's on, man? You? So we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot. Whew, you know, child, they've been working because we've because <laughs> we've been trying to keep it short. We're gonna be like, oh, you know, we're gonna do thirty five at right, thirty five minutes. Right, right. Get you in and out. Nah, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to digest this. Walk, you know, walk to your car, get in the car, <laughs> sit down, walk to work, go right. to Starbucks, get some little frat, walk cans. around the block, don't yeah. take an email. So yeah, we're gonna get into it. Henry, so what's so what's you want me to start off? Food for thought. Food for thought. All right, break it down. Or you want me to I guess we should just like surface this as like it's a lot of blackface going around from state officials to uh, let's and see. All state of everybody, everybody. Oh, uh, so you can get the details and then we talk about it. Yeah. So, um, last week on Friday, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, um, basically it came out in his medical school yearbook that he there was a picture of what was reported to be him in blackface and someone uh, next to him in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. Um, Basically, he initially apologized for the action and said, I'm sorry for anyone I hurt. The next day, we're going to hit that. We're going we're gonna to hit that yeet. We're going to hit that pivot. Um, and then he said that um, that he was not in the photo. Um, I suggest everyone actually watch this press conference because it's it's really bad. Um, he then said that he also dressed up in blackface for a Michael Jackson concert in the 80s. And then he said... Um, that it was a Michael Jackson dance competition, and a reporter asked him, could he still moonwalk? And he almost moonwalked. <laughs> but his wife was like, this is not appropriate for the time. So his wife... Make it make sense. It doesn't make sense. Make so, it make sense. Um, you have kind of any... Uh, or this is also important. Um, many national Democrats, a lot of basically every 2020 candidate... Um, the two Virginia senators have come out and said that he should resign. Uh, and his attorney general said he should resign. We'll get into that <laughs> too. Yikes. Um, the only people who haven't said for him to resign, as far as I know, are Obama and the lieutenant governor. We'll get into him later because everybody got issues. But um, a lot of Democrats in the state have called for him. A lot of national Democrats. Um Henry, how do you, how do you, what's, or you want me to keep going on about everything else and then we'll talk yeah, about let's, it? Or, let's go okay, so it, yeah. um, Justin Fairfax, um, he's the lieutenant governor. We praised him when he won his election in 2017. Um, he's the second state elected official in the state of Virginia ever. Um, he, if, if Northam were to resign, which at this point, we don't know he's yet. Refusing he's refusing it. He's saying, I'm, I'm here. What's up? He said that if I was to resign, I got a full term. I, I would be written off as a racist, and it's like, yikes. Anyway, well, this is so bad. Um, Justin Fairfax, uh, young guys <laughs> in his late thirties, early forties. He would be the second, um, like I said, second uh, black statewide official in Virginia, which is huge. Um, a very credible allegation came up against him of sexual assault. It came up two hours later. Which is another thing, <laughs> yeah. Which, which clearly it seemed like it was either, um, you know, Republicans who didn't want to see him in the state, or Northam's people who wanted to leak something, get something out there. Um, the Washington Post, who reported the story, said that they had they had reporting of the story early. Early, but, that's what yeah. kind of. But but I, I think they said that the accuser, um, Vanessa Ty- Doctor Vanessa Tyson, and. She either did not come forward to kind of like fully wrap a bow on it. And then I think when word of it got around, she kind of came back in and released a letter through her representative council. So there's now questions about him. If, for example, if Northam resigned and for some reason Fairfax couldn't take the seat, it would go to the attorney general, um, Michael Ersel. I see I'm butchering names now. Uh, oh no, that's the Florida guy. Yeah, um, Mark. 
Herring. Mark Herring. Thank you, Henry. Um, he would be poised to take over since he's the number three in charge of the state. He just threw out of the goodness of his heart, said, hey, blackface, I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, after it, telling Bro to resign for the same acts. So now we're getting into when when your back so when your when your initial date says no, your backup says no, <laughs> and the third person is sick. Now we just getting into I got two tickets. I need someone to go with me. Um, so, so I think like, then it would you said you told me before we recorded. Yeah. Would be so the, if if none of those three, which is very the top government officials in the state of Virginia, all uh, Democrats. Which is crazy, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, but, we'll, get into, we'll get into that. Um, if none of them are able to serve, the Speaker of the House, Kirk Cox. Um, Who's a Republican, correct? Yes, he's yeah. a Republican. He would serve as governor. And if for some reason, everybody, <laughs> black, if we flip through a yearbook. It was the 80s. <laughs> it was the 80s. If he's not able to serve as governor, the House of Delegates um, are going to have to. Make a choice. So, um, I mean, clearly this is wild. You can't make this stuff up. Um, on, I think it's bad to think about it at, at like this, but I think on a since this is like a, this is oh my lord, uh, since this is a political pocket, I think the political ramifications are huge for this. Um, Democrats have all three of the top state officials, and right. they're all fucking up <laughs> to so, say the least. Yeah, so I think that that's gonna that. Stuff like that does have consequences. Is it, the next person who's going to try to run as a Democrat is Virginia is a very diverse state. It has black folks and people of Hispanics all over the state. I was reading this article today. I cannot think of the title of it, but it basically detailed the history of Virginia and why this is such a big deal because Virginia is literally the birthplace of American democracy. Yeah, I mean, they said um, that um, and the first slaves, not to interrupt, this, but they said the first slaves came 400 years, um, the anniversary is going to be 400 years from now. Exactly. On Plymouth Rock. So it's like, with all of this, with, with the history in Virginia, and then how people were, not people, Democrats were hoping that Virginia was becoming more of a liberal state, it, Which demographically it is, but it's like stuff like this. It, it puts and then, a strain on that because right. you still have those conservatives there, <laughs> right? And I think it, I think it doesn't help that all of these people who are, I'm not even going to say in these situations, all these people who have clearly done wrong and who have some serious stuff against them are not getting themselves out the way. It doesn't help for the next person running in Virginia to be like, oh, Northam never got out. And now he always had this cast on him better than him saying, hey, I effed up. I want to have a conversation about us healing. I want to do that as a public citizen. Right. Instead of them being like, well, you want to run as a Democrat and you, this crazy guy is still in there. It's, 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 it, ju- it just makes it hard for the next. It's going to make it really hard for the next Democrat to even potentially have a close shot at winning that seat. As right. Governor. And then on just a practical level, I think from Northam, it's it's really bad on his part just because I think he said, and I know you mentioned it earlier that he was like, Oh, I don't want to be in this seat and I don't want to leave and be labeled as a racist. And it's like, Bruh. I, I can clearly say that from the opposite perspective, but I think it's even deeper than that than just by saying, well, you'll be labeled as a racist. Even if you stay, it's deeper than that though, because as the state, as a governor, you are basically the president of a state. You are the right. executive you control the administration of everything in the state, you're the most powerful by far. The lieutenant governor in Virginia is a part-time job. Right. The governor, that's a re- that's a full-time gig, literally. Um, so I just think that in general, if you're if you're staying in that seat, and it's, it's a public trust thing in the literal sense is that if, if people who voted Democratic, if even conservatives who see this as effed up as mainly as people of color in the state of Virginia, which is very diverse. Right. If you see this and you're like on a practical level, I just can't trust him. Exactly. Even though he has a good record on a lot of stuff. I saw that I cannot trust him. Exactly. Which is the most important thing. Democracy breaks down when there's a, when there's a lack of trust between the people and the officials who are governing see Trump. Right. 
Like that's how shit goes left. And I think that Northam should just go. Yeah. Fairfax got a lot of shit he needs to like this should be investigated. This should be investigated. Yeah, and Kamala called for an investigation, which I find interesting. But and whatever. the attorney general, he just went up and said it. I don't know what to do with him. You gotta go too. <laughs> so I think but I would prefer that I don't like it's a mess. Like literally, I would just pray. You know, I saw I saw uh, earlier today. It was like the little SpongeBob thing where everyone's like running around on <laughs> fire. They're like, "This is Virginia Democrats right now," or like those who aren't like crazy. Bro, it's a lot of stuff going now. It's um, it's definitely a lot of stuff going on. And they got a lot of figuring out to do. And this is definitely something. This will be a food for thought. Either the next time, or this <laughs> might be a, this might be a big fact. No, nah, facts, 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 facts. Because we don't. I, we, I don't see this story dying down. Because not all three of them aren't gonna make it. I don't know who's gonna be the one, the two, maybe the three, but someone's gotta go. Yeah. And I think the I think the final straw <laughs> will be if Obama comes out and is like, you got he has one of either Northam, Fairfax, AG. He can say all three of them. He can say Northam's gotta go. He can I think he's the final Why do you think he hold that much weight? He's forty. He's forty-four. What are you talking about? You don't think it was be, a joke, oh, bro? I'm like, you saw my face. I got upset. So yeah, be be on the lookout for that. I'll let you take. Uh, I'll let you take the next joint. Yeah. Around. So you know, we try to uh, keep you all informed on all things meal. So um, he's doing a lot of great things. So uh, this bill, Senate Bill fourteen, uh, it just passed in Pennsylvania. Uh, the Senate basically capped probation. Uh, at five years for felonies and three years for mis- uh, misdemeanors. And I think that's a good initiative because they basically, I'm going to speak about the next topic, which is the Reform Alliance, uh, which is an organization that will lobby for ch- uh, changes to state probation and parole laws, which was, right? It was founded by Meat Mill, Jay-Z, owners of the 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, and the New, or- New England Patriots. Um, they pledged over fifty million dollars, and it will be led by um, Dan Jones. Dan Jones, yeah. Which, um, basically, I'm saying like it's a good thing because the whole initiative behind this is to stop the like revolving door of returning to jail because that's what literally happens. You'll go to jail for like some, you know, some dumb thing having you did two, when you was two, eighteen. Let, let's meet Bill. Right, a little, some that. municipal that crime, yeah. and then you go to jail, and then they put you on parole for like five, six years. One, like I know somebody in it. I know somebody that would mess around and got locked up. Car got impounded, and that's like a violation. got fired. That's a violation of your probation. Yeah, you have to have employment. Yeah. You had um. So basically. He just wasn't going to his parole officer because he couldn't pay him. And if you can't pay him, what's the point of you coming? So yeah. it's like a whole cycle of rotation of like, if I go up there, I know I'm about to get locked up. I'm going to avoid it. Exactly. Yeah. And now they're going to put a warrant out for you. And then it's just a whole you lot. Of, it whole it creates a whole lot of discourse for no reason. Yeah. Um, it's like an endless cycle. Right. You, you, just, you go serve your time. You do your three years of probation. And move on with your life. Yeah, I think we should. I think we'll also try to find clips of or articles of how long they were before. Because I know they cut it down a considerable amount, right? Um, to my my to my understanding, I, I personally don't know. Yeah. I do know that like my father was locked up and bro was on probation for like ten years. <laughs> yeah, but say yeah. yeah. So, that, so for some stupid, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, right. Especially because they're cutting it down for. Um, for misdemeanors, but I think my, my my biggest takeaway is that they're lobbying on it, and I think that they're not just focusing on it. It's easy to get caught up in saying, "Oh, we're going to lobby stuff at the federal level." Um, they're doing it at the state level, which is which I is, think is more influential. It is more influential because that's most of the prisoners in this country are in states. Exactly. The federal. Because remember, they had the they had the federal reform bill, and they were like, "Oh, this is granted." It got five thousand like. It basically got, I think, around five to ten thousand people out of prison, or it would affect that many. Right. But if they took that same approach in every state, it would like be hundreds of thousands of people. Right. So most people who are locked up are not federal convicted felons. They're, they're state in prisoners. states, they're yeah. in counties, they're in city jails, and 
for them to lobby the individual states, I think one, you can, I mean, who you can't get anything done in Congress, literally, like they can't even fuck the <laughs> government. But I think right states just have a natural effect of, or they have a they have a natural will to keep stuff rolling because right. if, a, if a state shuts down, that's some real stuff. No, really, <laughs> like, that's real. That's right, like real. states aren't allowed to shut down, and I think that's like why a lot of people in Congress like to be governors because they're saying I can actually get something done. Right. Um. So I think that's really good that um that they're doing that. Um, no, that's a great initiative. Yeah. And it's cool because, like, the two cities that they're going to start lobbying in is New York and Philadelphia. And, you know, New York has one of the largest prison populations in America. So, Especially statewide, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, that... It's a great initiative. Kudos to them. Like, re- kudos... Bro, like... Yeah, man. No, it's crazy. I think the, the good thing about, you know, Meek and Jay-Z, you know, we'll mention him when we talk about the 20 I'm glad it wasn't stuff. just a moment. Yeah, I'm glad and, it wasn't just a moment. And I know we were we initially praised Meek for being so outspoken about it, and then when he continued to do it, and now it's a kind of thing where it's not even like he's still riding the high. Right, of, right. He's genuinely, he's genuinely doing this, and he, like, has he doesn't interest. have to do. Right. This. You can. I. I will. I will honestly say that I can see how going back into prison affected his life and has influenced him in a way that he he feels obligated now in a sense to help other people who right. could potentially be in those situations because I definitely feel that he knows he was like very fortunate in this situation because he had a celebrity. Because he had people lobbying because he, he had the owners of the Sixers and the lobbying Patriots for lobbying for him. Yeah, speaking exactly. So it's like he knows that he was he was fortunate in this situation he and he has an obligation to help those people that are struggling with these same exact issues, but who are now exactly? Yeah. So, and I'll let you explain the next one because I think this one is <laughs> this really is, interesting this to me. Big. This is really interesting. Oh uh, yeah. So Colorado Senate passes a bill favoring popular vote over the electoral college. This was passed last week. I don't have. It was like nineteen to sixteen. Yeah. Um. That's kind of the gist of it. They passed yeah. the bill. And that's a big, 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 big thing for America because if you remember the 2016 elections, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote and Donald Trump won the Electoral College. And that's the whole controversy with well, that was surrounding this bill because people, a lot of senators feel like people should choose who they are, like who their elected right. officials and are. And say, let's just run the numbers up. Right. Who got it? Right. And I think... It's interesting because I, it's not like this bill is not law. Um, Governor has to sign it, and I wonder what would be the. It's almost like here's what I'm thinking: if Colorado said the electoral college, yeah, then what? Because like you can't have 49 states following this one in Colorado just being like no. But that's because the then what does that do? What that's the thing about state legislation because it can influence. It can influence us. I mean, you know I'm sure if like they did it, then California would be like, hmm. But yeah. I, I just think it's it's like it's an interesting not, thought process of like, what if like ten states are just like, no. What well, <laughs> you know what I again, mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. That's like, just if weird. Ten, if st- ten states are like, no, we're not participating in this, but this is like a is that like a act like is that written in the constitution? That, that's like my thing. Like, like what's the legal like that would be like a Supreme Court case. I can like already exactly. That. So that's why like, no, that's why Colorado, if it becomes an actual, I mean, they're stepping out on the ledge with that, right? And then other states start to pick up on that same momentum, and it goes to the Supreme Court. That creates a whole national landslide of like one. You're gonna have organizations. Uh, uh, lobbying for it to actually happen, you go, it's gonna create yeah. a masses of just like I it's think create a bigger conversation exactly, and it's gonna force pressure on the Supreme Court to not only consider removing the electoral college, but it, it just give a legal case for it exactly. So. And I think, I mean, I'm in favor of this because I think oh and, definitely, and I, and I think it's not even because I think you can say like oh yeah, only because of Trump. I remember like. Al Gore lost to Bush because electoral college, same thing. Al Gore won a popular vote. Bush won the electoral college. But I think it's it's especially interesting to see it in the case of Trump because the framers. I mean, granted, we always talk about the framers like we're four hundred years past. We should like probably update our thinking in a literal sense. Who has but, what? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I have a. I know. Right. I know. I'm with you on that. Um, 
the framers envisioned the electoral college, and this is all my understanding, I could be foolishly wrong. They put this together to basically be a, a, a roadblock against candidates like Trump. That was their whole intention of saying, hey, this crazy person is getting all these people riled up, but we're going to have this system where you can't. And, and then that was the purpose of the electoral college. And it failed. And it went right against what they intended. Exactly. They're basically I, saying, exactly. we don't want to be like England, who has this tyrant. So we don't want a tyrant to take control, get all these people riled up, win. But the quote unquote responsible people can see that this, that this shit ain't going to work. Exactly. And I think that viewing it, even though it's wrong to view it in the sense of one candidate, I think that is important because. The electoral college was specifically supposed to block stuff like this. What just happened? And it, and it, it did, and it's often propelled it. It, it keeps ha- it, exactly. It propels the issue, and it keeps recreating the issue. And it's right and on a larger like Trump should not be president. And I think, and this is like getting really into the weeds, but I think how how our politics are set up in where a lot of times more diverse states the. Basically, you benefit the electoral college benefits really big states like California, right? Because you have a crap ton of elector uh, electors, and it benefits really small states because a state like D.C. or Vermont, which has so little people, but you audit, but it's an electoral college, it gets three votes. Or a state like Vermont, which has three um, electors. If you did this by percentage, Vermont would not get three. Because they automatically get two senators and they have one congressperson. Right. So for California's benefiting because they control a large piece of the pie and a large piece of the conversation. But the small states are also benefiting because they're getting more people than they would have otherwise. Who are more people from small states? Republicans. So basically it's like as the as population shifts in terms of more people of color, more young people are going towards cities that are most likely in either Democratic areas or just cities in general, I think we need to have a conversation in terms of not just to make it fair towards Democrats, but just to say, hey, this is kind of this is getting a little bit out of itself where the people who are in states like I mean, think about it. If you're if you represent the plain states and you're in North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, um, Nebraska, those aren't big states, but they each have two senators. California is a huge state and has more people than all of those states. They also have two senators. And in the Senate, votes are key. So why does Nebraska share the same amount of votes as California when they have a crap ton more people? That's like really into the weeds, but I think that's just stuff that people have to no, think about. No, that's how you have to logically think through that stuff because right. I think that's because the, that stuff does matter. That's the problem with like the system that's in place. We don't logically think how this actually influenced the people. Right, especially as times change. Exactly. And sometimes it's good to have a system that keeps up with the times. And I think you gotta that gotta keep up with the times though. So just watch out for that, because I I personally would like that. So uh we got a next clip. I'm pretty sure y'all heard about it. Um, I'm gonna play it then we'll get into it. I'll tell you a story. This is true. I'm not gonna use any names, but I was away and I came back and she told me she had been raped. But she handled the situation of the rape in the most extraordinary way. But my immediate reaction was, I asked, did, they, did she know who it was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. I went up and down areas with a cosh, hoping I'd be uh, approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that. So, give context. <laughs> Liam Neeson, Neeson, that's his name? Actor. Yeah, he is an actor. Um, Most people probably know him from movies like Taken. Yeah, he was just in this movie with Viola Davis that, um, Widows. Yeah. He was in that movie with Viola Davis. Uh, so during the interview, he admitted openly just openly admitted <laughs> that his friend had been raped and he walked around the streets for about a week carrying a bitty club hoping to kill a black man and you're not a racist i can understand 
a something hap like this literally what Emmett Till got killed for. Yeah, I think and like I said like I had an interesting take. I think it's not an interesting take, but I think I think stuff like this is it was hard for me because when I first heard about it, I saw the headline and then I read I basically read what what you just played. And reading it instead of hearing it, and even hearing his voice, this is the first time I've actually heard him like verbalize it. Uh-huh. It came off different to me than kind of seeing the immediate reaction. Because even in some parts of the clips, I think he he knows it was fucked up. And granted, that does not make it right. But I think what I was struggling with and trying to like, how do I have a proper reaction to this? I think my understanding is that he knew that his emotions got the best of him and he was hyped up at that time. Granted, the history of that stuff, like you mentioned with Emmett Till, is not good. And, and, that's and, my and, problem and right, and the history of that that's stuff is bad. That's my problem with it. I'm not, I don't want to outright say, okay, the man is racist. Because I, like that, I can't say. I can't. Because I think he, I can't say that. And like the interviewer, and like if you, if we kept playing it and kind of like the interviewer's, the interviewer's notes about what's happening while that conversation is taking place. Right. There's a lot of dialogue about his facial expressions and just like how he, how he's able to recognize that like, what I'm saying is fucked up, and that was that a product of that time. I think his reaction to it all hasn't been good. Like, yeah, frankly, like, well, like, first like his reaction all, to it hasn't been good, and I can understand why did that. he get? Well, we should have been said this. One is Black History Month. Two, it is Trayvon Martin would have been 24 on February 4th. Same age as us. Bro got killed on my birthday. That's why it drives home to me every year. But my point of bringing it up, on the day of Trayvon Martin's birthday, Good Morning America decided to give this man a platform to discuss this. This is literally what Zimmerman did. He saw a black boy and wanted to shoot him. Yeah. That's the same problem we having with cops. That's the same problem we having with any this blackface or whatever. You want to mock a black human being, and then violate them. Why? Because you think you're better than me? Because you think you're entitled? Because whatever reason you feel validated to do so, no. I'm not saying the man is racist. I don't know that. Because like this situation because because I, like this situation is different. That is, it like, is different. That's, is a, different. that's a traumatizing it's just, situation. It's just stuff like that leads to can can occasionally lead to stuff like what you just mentioned. Exactly. Which is man. where it gets dicey because and I think that's the that's the hard thing about this. Is that I think it's not and even though like timing is key, like this happened. It ain't time. even hard for real, for real. And I don't care. White people need to learn how to accommodate for us because you can't just willingly say these things and don't think they're gonna offend anybody. You have a responsibility as a human being to have respect for other human beings. I'm not going to walk down the street and slap a transvestite in, uh, in the face because she decides or he decides to dress like that. Or I'm not going to call a general, gender neutral person or she or he because I have a different belief. Me as a human, I might not think that that is right, but I'm going to give you the respect you deserve because you are a human being. You are entitled to at least respect. Like at the and minimum, I, I think, and that—that's my problem with it. Like him saying this creates a conversation of, "Oh, I'm entitled to feel a certain way when I'm violated in this." And I'm not saying you're not. It's the manner in which you carry out that entitlement or that that. I agree. You know what I'm saying? You can't walk around with a weapon intentionally wanting to kill somebody. If a black man, like, imagine. Yeah, like it's classic. Boris Kojo or Idris Elba or whomever. Oh yeah, my 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 girlfriend got raped, and I went around carrying a shotgun, just waiting for a white man to walk up to me. I mean, of course. I mean, I, I mean, like, yeah, and I think that's it. Will be a way one. He wouldn't be on Good Morning America. Two, it would be a diff. The media would be have one. You will be singing more. And it'd be talked about I way more. I mean, that's. I think that's why I struggle with this because I think that. I think the conversation that's occurring around this is wrong. 
I think we're trying to rehash his, we're looking at it as just a, what were you thinking? Right. Which I think is important to note, but he already explained that. He already said, and I think it was clear, like if you read the interview and why, and like if we play that full clip, it's evident that he knows that shit was fucked up. Right. But I think then it has to get into a conversation, which is what someone should have asked him and also what should just generally be happening of how does stuff like that actually impact black people? How does this stuff actually impact Hispanics? How does this stuff actually impact Muslims? Where, oh, just because someone who was of Islamic faith was on the 9-11 planes, now all of a sudden people of Muslim Islamic faith just off of association are getting beat up in the streets. Exactly. How do we talk about that of how quick rushes to judgment, how that stuff impacts people on a daily life? Because it does. Instead of just being like that was an extreme situation where he was responding emotionally to something that happened to a very close friend. Right. I understand that part until it gets to the effed up part. Right. But I, 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 I see it. But then the conversation has to turn into. Well, how do you think your action is representative of a larger problem in which people of color are consistently bringing up with how that can turn bad? Exactly. And how that not only can result in death, but how it can result in someone not getting a job, how it can result in sexism, racism, homophobia. It's problems on top of Religious discrimination. And I think that's the conversation that I think Good Morning America failed at. Right. And... That's also the conversation that the general media failed at because it's all about what Liam Neeson did, not the action that he did and how it's more representative than people want to give it credit for. Liam Neeson's not alone in that initial rush to judgment that affects somebody. Liam Neeson was honest. He knows it was fucked up. But I think then that conversation needs to make a quick pivot in you had this belief. How does that – how is that representative of a greater thing? That's a great way to so on tap, big folks. Uh, big, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna play the clip and we're gonna get into it because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my clip in America, we have a common pain, but what we're lacking is a sense of common purpose. What's up? I grew up knowing that the only way we can make change is when people come together. When I was a baby, my parents tried to move us into a neighborhood with great public schools, but realtors wouldn't sell us a home because of the color of our skin. A group of white lawyers who had watched the courage of civil rights activists were inspired to help black families in their own community, including mine. And they changed the course of my entire life. Because in America, courage is contagious. My dad told me, boy, never forget where you came from or how many people had to sacrifice to get you where you are. So over 20 years ago, I moved into the central ward of Newark to fight slum wards and help families stay in their homes. I still live there today, and I'm the only senator who goes home to a low-income inner-city community, the first community that took a chance on me. Oh. <laughs> no, that was a good act. Like that John was bangers, bro. Um, I, I'm just look this 2020 little race here, bro. I'm give context. Who was that? <laughs> nah. So that was New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. If you don't know, um, he's running for president. Yeah, he's running for president <laughs> in 2020, and he been. What's interesting is. That <laughs> you're like pausing. Say what you <laughs> say what's on your chat. The, what's interesting is the reaction of his announcement compared to other people's announcements. Kamala's. Kamala's. Uh, sorry, I'm we had a whole, <laughs> yeah, we, had a whole we had a whole conversation. But point is, um How's that different? I didn't see any slander on my man's more uh, other than why is he running because Kamala's running. That was it. So I the would slander is a little bit different. Too. It is. It is. It's, I'm. 
I'm curious to see how my followers and my people and you know so my peers choose to engage in both of these candidates because they're both qualified. Very much so. Both very smart. Um yeah, like it's just curious. I think he's a cool dude. I need to do more research into him personally. Um Yeah, like when I used to, at my former job, I used to work for him. Like I on a personal level, like I really like him. Like I think and I was talking about this with someone I think who knows him even better than I do. Like they like I know I knew him professionally. This person knows him personally. I think they were saying that he's a very He's a very genuine person. I think sometimes he, he sometimes I think he falls into the trap, the trap that's placed with with black young candidates, but also that he kind of puts himself into that, where he kind of falls into like I'm the, I'm trying to be Obama, kind of thing. Like I'm trying to be this motivational kind of like upbeat young but person. I but like I think his story is very good. That's and what like, I was about to say. And what he's talking about, I know a lot of the times, and this is like quite frank, a lot of black people in. Jersey and in Newark don't really bang with him like that. And I think he oftentimes gets a, a rep of, you know, he's not black enough. And like, that's, that shit's real. That's like, a, that's going to be like, and I think, give it a couple months with like, I think you're going to see stuff like that. But I think when you know his backstory, especially when he was like a city council person and a mayor, I think it gives him more, it gives him more credibility. But I think we still need to kind of have a conversation of, and this is like so far down the line. Um, just kind of like as a community, because most—I mean, to be frank, most people are most people who are our complexion, our skin tone, are either <laughs> going to go for Kamala or Booker. Just be keep it real. Yeah, no. So I think, I think, and I'm like thinking way ahead. I think my conversation is if one of them knows that they can't be a viable person, they got to get out quick. That's what. I was talking to somebody. <laughs> or that that's what I want. I was talking to, maybe, was it you? I don't know. I was talking to somebody and they, they, basically we had a conversation of, it is tricky for both of them to run right now. Very much so. But. But they're both real threats. Real threats. Um, so hopefully, whomever is higher up in the polls or lower in the polls concedes. That's my hope. Is that um, like a couple states in, if either Booker, <laughs> I, I think I know who it's going to be, who will have to be in that position. I'm not going to like guess now, but who's ever in that position, I want them to at least be like, okay, I, I, I just can't. I, there's no path for me, and most of my voters will probably go for this person because if I'm black people at the core of the party, if you get black, black folks, women, yeah. Black women, black people, black folk. <laughs> most, but most of them are black women. But yeah, like if you get them, you're a player. You're a factor. You cannot be ignored. You will have a shot at the nomination. And that's the tricky thing with both of these candidates because Kamala doesn't have – it's not a shoe-in for her. Mm, no, no. And it's not a shoe-in for Booker either. It's not. So that's, like, that's why I think it's interesting because I think I can't legitimately say – Oh, this person, I don't know why Booker or I don't know why Harris got into this. This we need to go with this person. Like that's why both I have some both have some authenticity stuff that they need to figure out. They do. <laughs> like they do. They have some stuff that they need to figure out and they need to figure out how to message to us effectively. Like go at it. Like prove your case. Prove your case. And I think we should probably definitely do in fairness to Booker and in fairness to Harris, we should definitely try to do a little deep dive on him, figure out his stuff and yeah, we just couldn't do it this episode. No, I mean, it's but, but yeah, yeah. But I know we're definitely gonna give y'all that, um, and then hopefully other potential candidates that we see as like viable, we'll do a deep dive into them. But we're gonna move on to the orange and yeah, Commander in Peach, <laughs> the President of the United States. Oh. An economic miracle is taking place in the United States. And the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Nancy Pelusio's face, she literally like, please, you're kidding me. <laughs> that, uh, so, did you watch the whole thing? 
I hate myself. So yeah, uh, I, I, I like, bro. He was talking about nothing for too long because I turned it on at like nine forty-five because I wanted to tune into the um, Democratic rebuttal, and he talked for a good at least forty-five minutes after because it went off at like ten thirty. It was late. I'm like I took a shower and I came back. And then most of the time he's I know what I'm talking about. Trust me. Just you're speaking in these big open step. What do you mean? Give me some context, bro. You're not really saying nothing but wasting my time. And then he took credit for the Democrats big when um when he's like we have more women in the working force. We have more women that's ever just, served in Congress. And then he just got trolled. And then, and then after that, like maybe 10, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Oh, y'all can't have abortions if y'all don't want them. Uh, if I don't want yeah, you. Yeah, that guy, that like, yeah, that hit a quick left. And I was oh, like, wow. I'm like. What? His bad. transitions were terrible. I mean, the speech was poorly written. I mean, he's not. No, that's what is he's weird not, though. Because he's not a good speaker, and a good speaker sounds even worse with a bad, with a poorly written speech. Clearly, his speechwriters aren't good. Period. Because I had got and he's a not, notification. And he's not active in the speechwriting process, which is the thing about Obama that he had good speechwriters, but he was probably the best speechwriter on his day, right? And he was active in the process. So I, I could give you that. Um, so yeah, it was bad. Like when he said the investigations part, I'm like, ooh, we, them's got you shook, boy. You, you sweating. And they was all looking at him with that, uh, with that, with the gas face. <laughs> like I wish it would, because I thought I, if you would have said, "Hey, someone gets up and starts yelling at him," I would have put fifty on that, bro. I thought somebody was gonna I get was in there and heckle on him. It. Like you, like you fool. They was beefing. Stupid. They was beefing. They were beefing. They was beefing the whole time. There are some good memes of like all the black politicians' faces. They just look so over the shit. And Alexander Cortez. Um, oh, yeah. she. Everybody she, was standing up. She was she like, nah, was nah, bro. Resting bitch face. Whole time. Whole time. Whole time. Um, so now do you want to get into the to the damn response? Um, that was the best part of it. So, y'all know my goddamn <laughs> my should have been governor. And I stand here tonight because I hold fast to my father's credo. Together, we are coming for America, for a better America. Just a few weeks ago, I joined volunteers to distribute meals to furloughed federal workers. They waited in line for a box of food and a sliver of hope since they hadn't received paychecks in weeks. Making livelihoods of our federal workers a pawn for political games is a disgrace. The shutdown was a stunt engineered by the President of the United States one that defied every tenet of fairness and abandoned not just our people, but our values. For seven years, I led the Democratic Party in the Georgia House of Representatives. I didn't always agree with the Republican speaker or governor, but I understood that our constituents didn't care about our political parties. They cared about their lives. So when we had to negotiate criminal all right, so you know that was my shawty Stacey Abrams, um, and yeah, she did a Democratic response. She basically called Trump out very quickly. She addressed every issue he rambled about, and she did it in a very quick, precise, educated manner. I think. Um, yeah. You, you, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we just editing work. Um, <laughs> no, I think it was really good, and I think we talked about um, Democratic State of the Union, not Democratic State of the Union responses are really, really hard. She to was do. the first African American female to give to that ever do response. it, which is huge, which is good. And I think shout out to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer for realizing that. And I think this was actually a really interesting thing because most times when people do it, they're also elected officials. There are people who are just coming off the speech or just watching the speech or they're somewhere in their state houses. And I think for them to pick someone who's not currently in the fight, you get a different perspective of someone saying like, while these people are doing this, here's what really matters. And I know what really matters because I am like you, a public citizen. So I think that plays a really big role into, I think, how well she did. I also think 
just in general, she's smart. She's an author. She knows how to write. She's a brilliant writer. Um, she lit, man. But I also um, just think in general, in the past when Obama was president, like they had the Marco Rubio water sip. They had Bobby Jindal just like kind of shit himself out of the presidential race. People do it because they try to make it the opposition's party state of the union, but you don't have the pageantry behind it to make it effective. You feel me? Uh-huh. Like if you were, if Stacey Abrams tried to make this the democratic state of the union, you'd fail because you don't, you're not in the Capitol. You don't have all these eyes on you. Facts. You're not, Facts. you don't have the vice president and the speaker behind you. You just have a group of people behind you. So I think most people fail at that and that they try to make it too official. And she was like, fuck this. I'm going to just make it a campaign speech. I'm going to basically make this a rally. That's literally what she did. She petitioned for herself, and I was like, plug, plug, plug. She coming. Because remember last year, Kennedy made it a freaking campaign speech. I didn't watch last year. Yeah, we did. We talked about it. We did? Yes, we did. Remember, he was speaking Spanish and shit. It might have not been remembered. Well, well, okay then. But But that one was. (laughs) I should have edited that out. Um, But what made Stacey Abrams good is that she basically said, I'm not trying to make this overly political and overly formal here's the demo as our as a party here is our response from someone who's not in this shit show right now because that's what it is i know what you're going through because i'm not in it right and i think that gives her authenticity i think it gives the message authenticity of saying while all this crazy shit is happening with shutdowns here's what really matters and here's why they're not doing it and i'm not going to make it overly i'm not just gonna i'm not gonna overly complicate this um so yeah, shout out to her. Um, you know, Schumer's trying to get her to run for Senate, so hopefully uh she accepts the call. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Uh All right, so you know what I'm saying? I got it on but 21, 21. Set, set. <laughs> no, so on Sunday in Atlanta, 21 Savage got picked up by ICE, the immigration. It's like immigration and customs enforcement. There you go. Um, so Facts for his lawyer. Um, it's like so weird that we have to talk about this. <laughs> you do. It, it, it's like, it's I like it. Because like, like, why is this happening? But 21 Savage arrived in the United States as a child in 2005. He briefly went back to the United States in 2012 and then returned. Um, upon returning after a few months, visa expired. Um, he applied for a U visa application in 2017, which is pending. Um, he is currently in lockdown and has 10 minutes to consult with his attorneys. Um, Bad stuff. Yeah, it's really terrible that he's going through this, and it's kind of coincidental that he's going through this right now because it's just, I don't And you know, Tori Lauren or what, Tom, whatever Tom that Lawrence. that Fox lady from the University of Nevada, I want my one. Why she always got the audacity to comment on what's going on with black folks? I want my one. We're going to have to name that podcast. <laughs> the episode. I want my one. Nah, no, yeah, like, like, you, like you asking for the smoke. No, seriously. Why <laughs> like, do you like always you... find a need to comment on what's going on with black people? Like, or immigrants or minorities. Like, stay in your lane, sis. Or you ain't even sis. Trash. <laughs> and I think the funny thing is, I think it was... Cardi B was basically like, yo, run that up. Cardi B What's said, up? let me yeah, go get my doggy. <laughs> Nikki from yeah. Nanaj responded too. I guess yeah. that's controversial, but whatever. <laughs> Point is, Tommy Lauren. Who want the smoke? <laughs> nah, yeah, nah. She already got the smoke. Um, but I think this issue is like, it's really interesting because, I mean, one, is just like, it's just weird. Um, you know, you would think that after all this time, somebody would kind of like, not that somebody would realize that, but like with all of his legal stuff. No, that that's like, no, that's the like, thing. No, that's the thing. He doesn't have a criminal record. He's he was charged in 2014 for I forgot the exact charge. It it's, it got expunged last year. He has no criminal record. I'm not saying that, but then you would think that at least something about a visa conversation would at least happen without i mean like he applied for a visa i'm just saying it's this is weird 
this like should not be. I mean, one this it gets, should not be happening. This, one this gets into the role of ICE, which is why I think some Democrats are calling for ICE to be abolished because they're basically saying you're you're just doing stuff that that's just, just for not the hell smart. of it. Because yeah, the you're thing just doing is, stuff just to do. It. That's what like all the facts I just gave you. It's an article that de- his not an article his lawyer legal team put out a statement because ICE re- talking about. Whatever the media released on Sunday was not true. Like half of that stuff is not true per his attorneys. So again, like this is coincidental. It should not be happening. And the thing they holding him without bond, which he's rightfully entitled to. What it bro? Free 21. And apparently offset of Chris Brown about to fight over my man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Last point, which I I'm not even gonna get into that. Uh, um, why? Well, you know, I think also this is his legal scenario is I think more common than we give credit for. Where um, the Center for Migration Studies came out with a report in 2017 that showed that visa overstays are an unaccounted for problem in terms of immigration. Um, they recognized that, or they found that 42 percent of the total undocumented population were visa overstays, um, and in their report, they said, um, with regard to this, um, this makes them question the necessity and value of a 2,000 mile wall. It does not reflect the reality of how a large majority of persons now become undocumented. So clearly, while we're trying to build walls, the what we really need is ICE to have more administrators, have more personnel who are able to reach out to people and give about undocumented. Give about, these people their visas. Or at least just give them the damn application. Let them know. Do a job and stop just trying to lock people up and put them in cages and build a wall for what reason? Yeah. So I think, but but if somebody want to get in America, you gonna get in America. I literally, it was a. They did a research analysis of how people are digging under the wall now. But that's the thing. Most people who are, if you get a visa, you're coming here legally, which is like, which is the crazy thing about this is that. If you overstay your visa, you got a visa. You just were not able to get it renewed or something happened along the line which prevented that from happening. Exactly. We need to figure out that. Right. That will end the whole immigration thing. Um, you want to do another heads up real quick? I mean, Boondock's coming back. Woo-wee! <laughs> Problematic light. We need to get like a new horn for that. <laughs> <laughs> Check us out. Uh, episode 24, Kobe. Yeah. Suck gravity out of this. Uh, follow us Instagram, Twitter, uh, Lasting Henry, everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> subscribe on Apple Podcasts. What's really going on? Yeah. I pull up in Rory's and shit. With choppers and Harleys and shit. I be Gucci down. You wearing the car some shit. Yeah.